Welcome to the Dream Plan Start Grow Show, where the goal is to provide you tips and tools to create and execute your business plan for success. Welcome back to the Dream Plan Start Grow Show. My name is Allison Turner. I'm your host. So I started this show because I really love entrepreneurship and I love talking with other business owners as well as people who have always strived to create their own, I guess, reality and create a better life for themselves. So today I am honored to have with me Kate Volman, who is a former business owner who is now CEO of what is the company? Floyd Coaching. Floyd Coaching. Um, but she is a recently published author. Okay. Uh, so, and she brought her book to show you. Uh, shameless plug number one. Right? So, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. And I know, I, you know, I knew your name a long time ago when you had a business similar to our business back in the, the marketing side of your business. And I remember you having that business back in, I don't even know what years those were, but. Um. Oh, too long, long ago. <laughs> I know we were just talking about, right before we started filming, we were talking about how time flies so quick. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> a little scary. Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> like, do I look like my mom now? <laughs> oh um, my gosh. But so what got you interested in entrepreneurship to begin with? Because I know like when you started that business before, I guess you'd worked for the chamber. One of the chambers was that Boca Chamber? Yeah, the Boca, Boca Chamber. chamber. I was at the Boca Chamber for about eight years. And when I was there, I was surrounded by business owners and entrepreneurs <laughs> and people that were doing incredible things in the community. And so that's where I learned. That's where I just fell in love with entrepreneurship. I fell in love with okay. business. And I had such a great opportunity because I was my role at the time. I mean, I had multiple roles while I was there, right. but one of the roles that I had was to develop programming for entrepreneurs. So I was constantly talking to them. What are their, what did they need? What right. were their challenges? And so I got to create all these really incredible programs. So I feel like I was doing program development for entrepreneurs, even though I wasn't one myself, <laughs> <laughs> but I learned so much about business and it was just such a great experience. So did you go from there to starting your own business at that point or did you transition a different way? So I actually, so really what happened was I went, if you want the truth, uh, I went from there to, I did have a business with, and I started a business with a partner and we, I, we did that for only probably about a year. And I realized um, that I actually wanted to I really enjoyed the chamber. So I actually ended up going back to the chamber. And then from the chamber, I went and took a role as the marketing director for the city of West Palm Beach Community Redevelopment okay. Agency. Um, and then while I was there, I loved, I really fell in love with marketing and, and I was still involved in business, right? Cause I was right. working with merchants and, and so then I started the marketing company. So that was kind of my second business. The first one I had a partner, then I had a second business. Um, and I had two partners for this business. And so, yeah, lots of, lots of learning along the way. <laughs> yeah, how was it with a partner? It was interesting. I learned a lot about partnerships. That's uh, a, you know. A neutral way of saying it. Interesting. <laughs> it was interesting. No, I learned a lot about partnerships. And I learned uh, going into a partnership what how people kind of navigate through that space. Obviously, if you if you talk to anybody that has a partnership, like there's good, there's there's good and there's bad and there's things that you have to work through. But I think the one of the things that I learned the most out of all the partnerships that I've had is to find people that 
have a different skill set than you do. You mm -hmm. kind of have that same vision, but they contribute different things to the table, right? right? And so I think when I was much younger, I was like, oh, I want to get into business with my friend because it just was fun. <laughs> and while it was great, and we are still friends to this day, it was an interesting experience because I learned a lot. But going into a different partnership these days, I would have completely done it differently. Right. Hindsight's always 20-20. Hindsight is 20-20. <laughs> experience. Yeah. Isn't that what our parents used to say? Like, we have all this experience. <laughs> Everything our parents said way back when just came true all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. So what prompted you? Because I know you were in the, the marketing business for how long? So I had I probably did that with a partner and then we and then I ended up breaking off with them and I was on my own. So probably about five years. Okay. And then what prompted you to leave that? Because you went from that to where you are now. Correct? Yeah. So it's so funny yes, because Interesting, like going from entrepreneur to working for someone else. So you know you're the CEO, so I guess you're the top of the company. So yeah, it's a, still not your company. But it's an interesting journey because you learn a lot. And what I think is so great is so I, I often quote Steve Jobs because I love that quote that yeah. he shares, which is you cannot connect the dots moving forward, only backwards. Right. And so I think it's so interesting how some people feel like if they become an entrepreneur, oh my gosh, I can never go work for anybody else, right? It would be horrible. <laughs> when I look at it from a perspective of like, where are you in your life? What skills have you gained? And what would really be the next step for you? What would you really enjoy yeah. doing? And so for me, because of the, the of my journey and working with so many entrepreneurs and then having a business myself and then learning all the marketing stuff and doing all of the things collectively, when I was offered this opportunity, it was one of those very easy decisions to make because it was a life-changing, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to work with someone who I have admired for so many years. Okay. So what's interesting about full circle experiences is <laughs> I read the book, The Dream Manager, written by Matthew Kelly, who owns Floyd Coaching, yeah. 15, 17 years oh, ago, wow. whenever it was, Jeez. I read that book when I was working at the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> and I had asked him to come in and speak to our trustees and our business owners and CEOs and executives. And he came in and spoke. And from that day, I started really getting into his message. And he is an incredible entrepreneur. He has written, he just came out with his 37th book. I mean, he's amazing. And when he came to me with this opportunity, I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I met this man. I read his book. I met this man. I invited him to come speak. We stayed connected over the years. This is why I always talk about networking and building relationships yep. being so important. I constantly would be messaging him and just kind of reaching out like, hey, how come you're not on YouTube and sharing all your content? Because it's amazing. And I really thought that I could help him with marketing. And so staying in touch with him was one of the best decisions that I made. So instead of him hiring you for your business, he like just oh my brought gosh. you into his business. Allison, I... I I told, I'm telling you, I thought that funny. I, when he reached out to me, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to get a new client. I'm finally going to be able to help him with his marketing. Nope. Who knew that I was going to have this incredible opportunity? And so I am so grateful. I love what I get to do. Like I said, it was a really easy decision because I looked at it from, a, from the perspective of, I have nothing to lose. Like right. I can always go back and start a business if I want to, but this is so cool. It's a message that I believe in. It's a mission that I am on board with. It is, in fact, so many people say to me, oh, I thought it was your company because it's 
the message aligns with everything I believe in. Right. I mean, we basically are helping people and organizations become the best version of themselves. And that is like my whole, <laughs> that's my whole deal. Like that's what I've been doing forever with all the personal development work that I've been able to do throughout the years. And so uh, to me, it was a easy decision to make. So you mentioned personal development a minute ago. And I find that like critical when you are a business owner to kind of continue to level up you know, personally and professionally. So you said you've been doing it for many years prior to even having the business. So yeah. what prompted you to start that journey? Like however long that was ago. So my journey started with Tony Robbins CDs. <laughs> CDs. It wasn't tapes. It's, it, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> they were That's really true. He does have the tapes too. No, this is CDs. And uh, I remember my, actually, I think it was my mom who had a friend at work that was getting rid of a bunch of stuff and she had these Tony Robbins CDs and I'll still remember it was CDs and it was like a, a little workbook. And she gave it to my mom and my mom said, do you want this? And I started listening to them and I was hooked. I was hooked. And then I started learning and from, um, Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar, and I got into the personal development space yeah. and and uh, and John Maxwell. And so that was my whole world. And fortunately, one of the uh, gentlemen that I worked with while I was at the Chamber of Commerce, he was really big into that world. So he introduced me to some of his mentors. Uh, one of the guys, he, inter he introduced me to the War of Art. Um, yeah. And yeah. so I started The Art of War. Yeah. The, no, The Art of War. Art the of War, War of Art is one of my favorite books by Stephen Pressfield. The the art, the art of war is like the, <laughs> I get those two messed up because I talk about the other one more. Uh, but so I, I started uh, digging into like strategy and what that was like. And then, so that was, that was kind of the start. And then I started going to different events and, and really immersing myself into personal development. Okay. Okay. And what's your favorite? Cause you mentioned Robbins was kind of the first Tony Robbins, but what's yeah. your, you have a favorite kind of mentor, I guess, for lack of a better word. Oh, there's so many good ones today. <laughs> so I am a huge reader. I absolutely uh, love reading. So I feel like every book that I get my hands on is just this insight into someone's life and how someone views things. And I almost feel like we all have access to have all these mentors who may not even know who we are. Yeah. And so it depends on where I am in my world. So like the past two years, I've been really digging into a lot of uh, writing books, like books about uh -huh. writing. And so reading books like Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert and On sure Writing by Stephen King and Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott, like those people have inspired me so much in my writing world. And uh, and then, you know, there's books like The Art of Impossible by Stephen Kotler and there's Dr. Joe Dispenza and all of, I mean, John Maxwell, who has written what? 80 books or yeah, something on exactly. leadership. And so, <laughs> and of course, Matthew Kelly, who I is a huge uh, influence on my life. And so Better he, say his name. <laughs> uh, yeah. number one, number one. No, but I mean, his work is incredible. And I'm so great. I'm so glad to see that he's gotten really into videos and YouTube. Yeah. And so he's really getting more and more out into the world too, which is wonderful because his work is truly just something that has inspired me, um, you know, his book, The Rhythm of Life, he wrote that book, gosh, like 20 years ago. Really? And it is a perennial seller. It is books 
like a Dale Carnegie, right? It's like yeah. those books where the, where you write this book and it just stands the test of time. Yeah. And so uh, Ryan Holiday is a big, I'm a big fan of Ryan Holiday because he talks a lot about stoicism and that, and that's made an influence in my life. And so, <laughs> but what's cool, Allison, is that, so when, after I wrote my book, it's been kind of floating around. So it, it came out not too long ago and it's, um, it's so cool because it's been number one in new releases under a couple different categories, one being work-life balance, one being creativity. And it's been swirling around on Amazon near books like Big Magic and oh, the, wow. the, the Art of the War of, uh, the, the War of Art. I can't mess that up. The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield and um, on Austin Kleon's book, uh, Steal Like an Artist. Like all, and I'm like, these are people that I love that I've just have influenced my creativity. And so it's just been the coolest experience, Julie Cameron. It was like yeah. right below Julie Cameron's The Artist oh, wow. Way, which yep. I talk about all the time, just mm -hmm. talking about journaling and morning pages. So that's been just one of the most exciting experiences after writing this book is just like all of the people that I feel like I turn to, to help me and guide me, uh, who don't even know who I am, um, <laughs> but I feel connected to them. And so, you know, now that's I our know world of social are. media. It's Moved it from. Right? I'm like <laughs> right around. So if they're watching those rankings, I mean, like, who the heck is this big woman? I know they're so not looking at any of that stuff, but I am. You never know. <laughs> never know. Never say never. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the book since that just, I know it just finally came out. What, yes. A few weeks ago. Yeah, it came out uh, earlier, a few weeks ago earlier uh, this month. And uh, it's called Do What You Love. It's a guide to living your creative life without leaving your job. Okay. And in the book, I share the seven myths stopping people from pursuing their passion projects and dreams. And I really wanted to write this book for people who just felt disconnected from their creativity, just disconnected mm -hmm. with who they really are. You know, when we're young, we just say yes to everything. Right. We have an idea, <laughs> we go for it, we try things, we dance and sing and, and we do whatever brings us a lot of joy. And then as we get older and we have responsibilities and work and doing all the things, we, we kind of give up our, our passion projects and creativity. And we're living in an interesting world where our passion projects can actually turn into our job. Right. Yeah. Like we see people doing that with YouTube and videos and like online marketing type stuff. And and while that's all well and good and amazing for some people, they really enjoy the work that they get to do for a living right. and the job that they have. And they just want to express themselves through doing a podcast or doing some videos yeah. or or art, painting, crafting, photography, things like that. Like you don't yeah. need to become a professional photographer in order to break out the camera and start to learn a new craft or play the piano, right? And so uh, like poetry, like I love writing poetry. <laughs> I'm not planning on being a poet and earn a living from doing it, at least <laughs> at this point in my life. Um, but it doesn't mean that I shouldn't take a poetry workshop and work on the craft. And so I really wanted to inspire people to tap back into their creative pursuits, whatever that is for them, and just kind of dig back into them and, and notice and recognize how much more energized, engaged, and excited you are about your life. And it helps you become a better team member, a better spouse, significant other, friend, sister, brother, mother, all the things. And so that's why um, I was so excited about the book. Yeah, and I think especially since now we're seeing in the schools they're taking all the art and everything out of the schools, you know, I know. the public side of things. The, you know, at least in Florida, I can't speak for other states, but at least here, you know, they're eliminating that. So I think, you know, like kids aren't 
unless the parents expose the kids to it, you know, and some parents may be into sports. So like I grew up in the sports world. So some parents may be into sports and maybe that's where, you know, which is a different kind of art, but, uh, you know, maybe yeah. that's where they are, but you know, it's not necessarily the creative side that you're talking about. Yeah. So I think too is, you know, how do you, even if you're 20 something and maybe you weren't as exposed to art and things growing up, like how do you also spark that in your own life now as well? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good point. I think it's, it's an interesting role for parents to play now, right? Like mm -hmm. parents need to tap into their creativity a lot more and so that they encourage their children to do the same right. um, because we should never lose that childlike wonder and we have to have that and we have to give yeah. our, our children that ability to do it. I mean, look, the world is way different than when we were younger, right? We were <laughs> playing outside until the sun went down and doing all the different types of things. We weren't really on our computers and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, Although, you know, we had, what do we have, Atari? We had <laughs> Atari, Atari, Nintendo. Yeah, I remember Atari. <laughs> Pong. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we played Cubert and Frogger. Oh yeah, I, like I love Cubert. <laughs> right? We had a, a silver ball game. pinball machine and like, I'm like, Cubert. <laughs> and Frogger, I'm like, dang it, I got squished again. <laughs> I know, it was so fun though. But you didn't play that until at nighttime before you went to bed because right. you wanted to be outside. That was like a nighttime last stitch effort to not go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So, but I think the other thing, you know, even though your book is targeted towards, you know, someone that stay in your own job, um, you know, whoever you're working for. But I mean, obviously, as an entrepreneur, you have to be creative. Absolutely. And have to be willing to kind of think outside the box. And so all those creative pursuits that you're talking about can certainly help on the entrepreneurship side too. Oh because, yeah. Because, you know, we, if you hit like the pandemic that hit, you know, you have to figure out how to like, you know, if you were a restaurant, how do you figure out how to get around that? Yeah. You know, a marketing company, there were people that just cut their marketing budget immediately because like, oh, now we don't have this income coming in. So we can't, we can't afford to pay a marketing company. So and they would just cut it. <laughs> yeah. Know? No, I mean, that's what's for sure. the. The book is for anyone that is looking to spark their their creativity or just kind of get out of a funk. Recognize or if they're feeling like, oh, just think something's not right, right? Like something's missing. What 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 do I need to do? And 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 so that is what's so great about the book. In fact, I I do feel um, fortunately I'm getting a lot of feedback from it, and it's kind of it's it's actually skewed entrepreneurs. You know, more entrepreneurs than not are reading the book, which is great because the title is, is uh, the subtitle is kind of specifically for a specific demographic. But I think that people recognize and realize right. like, no, these messages are universal. Yeah. Like the seven myths that I talk about in the book, like you have experienced one of one or all of them at one point in your life because it's just the human condition. It's just what we deal with as human beings. And right. so uh, for some people, it's just they need that. They just need that that reminder and that boost of yeah. encouragement. And I think, you know, you've played an interesting role here because you've kind of, even though you're working for this company as a CEO, you've built kind of the entrepreneurship on the side. You know, it's like, and I know you talked about that at one point and um, something we were both on, you know, how you've trying to meld those two of creating, you know, because you're still doing like, you have your own podcast, you have your own, you know, which is completely separate from the company you work for. 
you, know, you wrote the book. I know you send out a newsletter. I know you have like different, you know, your journaling prompts and everything. So you have all that, mm-hmm. which has absolutely nothing to do necessarily with, even though it ties together. Yeah. But it's not under the auspices of that umbrella. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I practice what I preach, right? I practice what I write about <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, for me, my creative pursuits look to a lot of people like business, right? Like to a lot of people, when I say I'm writing my newsletter, like on a Saturday afternoon, or I'm recording a podcast at seven o'clock at night on a Wednesday, people are like, oh, aren't you done working? (laughs) And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, uh, this is fun. Like, this is my creative (laughs) side. Like, this is what I get to do. So I get, fortunately, I get to be very creative in my, in my role as well, just leading a team. But in, in the other work that I get to do, like for me, it's that for, for someone else, it's going and taking a dance class. It's going yeah. in to do pottery. Like I have a friend of mine who does pottery every Wednesday and it's like part, one of his favorite parts of the week is to go in and do the pottery. So but for me, that's how I feel when I'm writing my, when I'm writing my newsletter and doing the podcast and, and doing some videos and stuff on my YouTube channel. And uh, we were just talking about that before we, we were start recording. I was like, I mean, I'm, I don't. I don't even know who's like watching these videos, but I enjoy putting them out. And I think that it's, it, it puts some goodness out into the world. And if even I get one comment on them, to me, it's like, oh, that's awesome that they resonated with it. But right. I do it. Um, in, in fact, I love uh, Seth Godin. I follow Seth Godin, who is an incredible entrepreneur and just creator. And I, I, I will never forget, like years ago, he said, I think everyone should have a blog, like a daily blog. Everyone should blog every day. And what was interesting is like, we all experience things every day. We all have ideas every day. We all have different thoughts. And and, uh, if we started noticing a little bit more about how we're thinking, feeling, going through life, we all have something interesting to share every day. And so uh, whether, and and for some people they want to talk about it and for other people they don't. But I always thought that was like an interesting way to, to think about it is that if you wrote every day. That's why I love journaling. I mean, I'm not, I'm not blogging about it, but I thought it was, was interesting because something that you are going through or feeling, somebody else feels that same way. And right. if you started blogging about it and talking about it, at some point, some of those people are going to find you and be like, oh my gosh, she's speaking directly to me. Right. And so I think it's really fun. And so for for me, it's it looks a little bit more like business. It's just that those happen to be my creative pursuits. I I also am really big into health and fitness. So like health and fitness and working out and then business are like the loves of my life. I mean, I like those are the two things that I really enjoy uh, working on and spending a lot of time on. And so um, so that's why I think it's so important to be in touch with your own self, too, because I have a lot of friends and um, that and even family who they still they don't understand. Right. Right. To them. Again, to them, it's work. Uh, yeah. To me, it's it's creativity, it's fun, it's passion. It's it's kind of like I feel when I, when I'm done writing when I'm done writing something or or doing a video or writing a poem or anything like. To me, I'm just so pumped. Yeah, and I want everyone <laughs> to feel so pumped, whatever that is, for you. Like that's what it's about. Right, right. And I think it's you know celebrating those little things, and that's one of my like biggest weaknesses. I know of celebrating the little things. So yeah. I'm like, you know what? live stream today. So maybe it was eight minutes, but you know, like I wouldn't have done this two years ago. So Allison, like, eight minutes. Do you know somebody watching is like eight minutes? I couldn't do 30 seconds. <laughs> like live streaming, just talking about something for eight minutes. That's a long time. Right. But that's what I'm saying is like, I tend to think, you know, I tend to look at big things. So I was an athlete growing up. So, you know, it was those bigger milestones versus like the little things yeah. that got you to the bigger milestones. So, you know, I've learned, had to learn to figure out, okay, 
you know what? You wouldn't have live streamed two years ago because I wouldn't even have stepped foot in this front of this video camera right, right here doing this. And this isn't even live stream, but, um, <laughs> but I wouldn't have done this at all. You know, so for me, it's okay. Now celebrate that. Yeah. And then great. If someone like commented on it, even better. You know? Yeah. <laughs> someone actually watched it um, or watched the replay of it. Even it's better. growth. It's growth. Like right. that is what we want as human beings. We want to grow. Right. If we see progress, like we were just talking about perfectionism, right? Like so many people deal with perfectionism. It's not about perfection. It's not about making it perfect and looking a certain way. It's about the process. Yeah. And you're going through this huge process and think about where you're going to be a year from now. You're going to be even more comfortable. You're going to be doing even right. more stuff on camera. You're going to be live streaming for 30 minutes and feeling like, ah, that was a breeze, <laughs> right? Like that's because you're building that muscle. You're building right. that creativity muscle. And so we have to be okay and comfortable with mediocre and yeah. putting out mediocre work. No one strives for mediocrity, right? I mean, that's not a fun place to be. No, I do not. But, you know, but what we have to recognize and realize, like sometimes we have to to be mediocre and put out mediocre work in order for us to get better and to grow. And so, and we look at that with anyone that we're following, right? Like any of the people that we follow online, if you go back and look at their very first YouTube video, podcast, article, book, whatever, it's not the best. No. It's their, their lighting's probably off. They're probably flubbing through their words. And like, so we have to remember that Everyone's at a very different phase and place. Everyone has different yeah. skill sets. Everyone has done has different experiences. And that's why it's so important for us to be able to draw from our own experiences, be really uh, real with ourselves around what we want yeah. and mm -hmm. those passion projects that we maybe aren't doing or are doing that we could get rid of or the things that we need to add in our life. And so we need to look at both of those things. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, so true. I'm gonna shift gears for a second. You mentioned health and fitness, and that's one of my my big passions <laughs> is health and fitness. And I I mean I really believe that you know optimizing your health because I mean to me health is wealth. So if you don't have that, like you really don't have you can't do anything else to the optimal level if you're feeling shitty. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> so, but it, it's my podcast, so uh, I can say it. Um, yeah, but if you're not feeling good, then you really and don't have the energy then you're not going to do anything else, whether you're owning a business, whether you're working for someone else, whether you're trying to do something creative, you're just not going to do it at the same level. Yeah. So it sounds like that was like a, your, that's been a journey throughout your whole life. Yeah. So like you, I was an athlete in, in high school. Uh, thanks to my mom. <laughs> Thanks to my mom for pushing me to do, to play basketball. I did not want to play. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And she pushed me to do it. And I'm so grateful <laughs> because I became an athlete. I played basketball. I uh, was on the track team. I did swimming. I was a high jumper. And yeah, so, but she pushed me. And so obviously sports invites us to a whole different array of skill sets and leadership and team building and right. all of that. And so I'm so grateful that she pushed me. I did not want to do it. Um, <laughs> I also played, I also started taking piano lessons, which I was definitely better at sports than I was at piano. So I stuck with that. But <laughs> so thank you, mom. And um, so I think that pushed me into, uh, into sports and fitness. And then I was a lifeguard in college. And then I always thought I was healthy. I always thought I was healthy. I did not know until I was in my 20s <laughs> when I hired a personal trainer, I was like, Oh, like Kashi bars and all that. Those are not healthy foods. Uh, no. Like I didn't realize. And so I got a really interesting education on health and fitness 
from <laughs> the trainer that I hired when I worked at the Chamber of Commerce because then that is where I learned truly about the importance of whole foods. I was we we had, I grew up in a healthy home. We always had like fruits and veggies and all those things, but I didn't realize uh, what I was putting into my body and how I needed to take care, take care of that in a different way. And so I learned a lot about that through the trainer. So that was probably when I was around 25, 26. Yeah. So since then, I have just been, and I mean, always, I've kind of always been someone who works out early in the morning, but like before work <laughs> and stuff. But now, yeah, for probably like two decades now, it's like I wake up early in the morning, I do my workout. I'm very cautious of like clean eating and what that looks like and feels like and how much better I feel when it, when, uh, when I am doing those things. And uh, like you said, you what you said is so true and we all know that it's true because think about the last time you were so sick. You, you did not think about anything other than being in bed, <laughs> sleeping it off and like getting well. Yep. That is the only thing that mattered to you. Like any, any other catastrophe that you could think would happen <laughs> yeah. is like non-existent. And all of a sudden that's the only thing that matters to you. And so, but it's not, we don't feel that way when we're healthy because we're like, everything's good. So, right. but we have to remember that, like, like you said, health is wealth. And so, um, so yeah, health, I could talk about it all day long. I love it. <laughs> I love pushing myself. I love finding new uh, ways to push myself. In fact, I was just sharing with our, with our group um, that I just recently got into Pilates because yeah. now I'm like, well, I feel like I'm super strong and Pilates should be easy. No, it is such a different experience right. and working out. And just like anything else in life, I think we can get really, really comfortable. And so I was getting really comfortable in my routine. You know, I work out and I, I do the kind of the same thing like every day. And all of a sudden I was like, all right, let's switch it up and do Pilates. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so horrible hard. at this. <laughs> but it's really fun because I'm on day 10. Today is, was day 10. And I I feel myself, okay, I can do the movements now and I'm getting used to it and I understand. And so, uh, but I think it's important for us to kind of tweak our routines and introduce new things into the mix and just kind of see how we feel. Yeah, and, and I think that's true. And I, I mean, I, I echo what you say with the eating and although I'm not always good at that, I go through phases where I'm like, oh, I just want to- I think everybody it. does. <laughs> but I'm very aware of like the protein bars and all that industry is whole, you know, yeah. it's just like a nightmare. I always look and I'm like, oh, okay. So much sugar. It's on the marketing side. It is. <laughs> the marketing. They market totally... it as like this healthy, you know, because they have the fruit. Kashi's got the frozen stuff too. Nothing against you guys, Kashi. I know. I was just going to say, uh, I but, shouldn't like name brand stuff. But, 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 like... but I mean, you know, if you look, I mean, they're probably healthier than some. Yeah, but some sure. of them are, I mean, they're basically a candy bar. Yep. Just the you amount of the sugar, sugar and all yep. of the ingredients that are in there. It's just... And so that's what I found really interesting is when you start learning how to read labels and like really looking at what you're putting into your body and, and what you're eating. And uh, and again, everyone's got to do what's best for them. Oh, I yeah. just feel like but it's just you being, it's feel more different. proactive in taking responsibility for your health instead yes. of reactive and waiting for something to happen and then going to a doctor so you can get a pill to fix it. Exactly. Which is more my issue with you know, some of the, our society, our society, um, yeah. because people think, you know, the doctors are end all and nothing, you know, and doctors are obviously very smart, but you have to be responsible for what you're putting into your body and, you know, doing some kind of exercise, even if it's just walking, you know, whatever it is for you, like you said, it, it's different for every person. Yeah. And then, you know, and keeping whatever your optimal weight is, you know, within a few pounds and then just doing your best. Yeah. And then if something goes wrong, you know, then obviously the doctors are still there, but at least be proactive. Yeah. 
and not reactive to some catastrophe because as we get older, things happen. <laughs> things happen. It's true. Well, I think this is goes back to personal development in different areas. It's like I am constantly trying to learn and grow. I'm listening to a lot of health podcasts and I listen to people that are the expert in this yeah. industry because uh, I am not, but I feel like I, I feel like I play one sometimes just because <laughs> plays one on, TV. <laughs> on TV I do. But I feel like, you know, I listen to a lot of really great podcasts and I listen to like the Huberman Lab podcast is like an incredible podcast. And uh, he's an incredible human who just shares a lot about health and data. He shares a lot of data. He shares a lot about sleep. How do we get the best sleep? Yeah. Um, Dr. Peter Atiyah is another one who I find so fascinating. His book Outlive is incredible. And so I'm learning a lot more about longevity and, and what we can do to really live not only longer, but healthier, right? Like who wants to live longer if we're like <laughs> sick <laughs> and, you know, in bed all the time. And so learning more about kind of like grip strength and why, and, and, and he talks about how grip strength, there's a correlation between grip strength and longevity in life. And so, and I'm like, why is that? And so it really happens because as you get older, a lot of people start falling. And so if we don't have grip strength, we can't catch ourselves. And so right. I was like, oh, that's so interesting. So like grip strength and leg strength and all that. And so, mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's so interesting, but we have to, as we evolve as human beings and as we get older and grow, um, just like we were saying, you know, our parents, why does all their advice come true at some point? It's crazy. But we have to do our job in growing in different phases of our life, in different seasons. Right. It's like, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was not interested in the same kind of stuff. And when I was in my 20s, it was all about like, okay, I want to get a six pack. And now, you know, I'm not 20 anymore. And it's more about like, I want to look good, feel good. I want to I want to have great mobility and flexibility. And I want to, you know, get up and I want my, I want to feel good. I don't want any part of my body to be hurting. And yeah. so uh, what do I need to do in order to maintain that, keep that, and then uh, be proactive about not having those issues occur yeah. um, out of nowhere. That's why when people like, you know, wake up one day and they're like, oh my gosh, my neck or my back or whatever. It's like, no, it wasn't just this one thing that happened. It was like over time, <laughs> <Yeah>. progressively, <laughs> you weren't doing the things that you could do to prevent these kinds of injuries. Right. right. So do you think you'll ever go back to being a business owner again? <laughs> the million dollar question. The million dollar, I don't know, maybe. I mean, I, fortunately, I have always felt very much like an entrepreneur in any role that I was in. Mm -hmm. So when I was at the chamber, I called myself an entrepreneur, right? Like the entrepreneur right. where I feel, and I feel very blessed because my team, they are entrepreneurs. Like they are amazing. They really take ownership of the work that they do. And I've always felt that way. And so I don't, I'm not attached to the label of anything. Mm -hmm. I'm attached to what I get to contribute in the world. And if I'm on a mission doing great work and I feel fulfilled and I get to not only be part of a mission that is bigger than myself, and then I also get to explore my creativity, however that looks, yeah. uh, that's what's <laughs> important to me. So I, I don't know, you know, We'll we'll see what happens. Time will but tell. <laughs> time will tell. But but yeah, I, I think it's important to be to be really attached to our feelings and, and who we are and where we want to go and what we want to create rather than, oh, I feel I feel like a lot of people are led by ego. And ego is I need to have my own thing, right? I need to start. I remember when I worked at the Chamber of Commerce, there were so many people that were like, I want to start a nonprofit. And I would start asking them about it. And I'm like, did you know the <laughs> 
35 other nonprofits locally that do exactly the same, same thing, thing that you want to do. And exactly. so, uh, so I think it's, and, and so I sometimes would question like, why do you really want to do a particular thing? And so I think we have to look really deep inside of ourselves and let go of ego and go back to like, what is it that I really want to contribute in the world? And do I get to do that in the role that I'm in? And if it's not this role, is it another role or is it another opportunity that right. I get to create for myself? No, I mean, that's a powerful few sentences you just said. <laughs> I don't know if I can sum it up or not, but, um, you know, because I work in the business coaching side of my business, like I work with, you know, someone that either wants to start a business or that's kind of newer in business. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where that struggle is, you know, when you're working for someone else, you know, is it, and you become disenchanted for whatever reason, is it the job that's disenchanting you or, you know, the employer, is it, that you really want to start a business because you want to make that impact. And that's where the only way you can do that, you know, so I think that's the struggle and why some people don't make that jump more quickly or why some people stay in the, you know, the, the corporate world because it's, you know, some people stay there because it's safer, mm -hmm. you know, because at least they know they still get a check and they still get, you know, you well, know. they think it's safer. Well, yeah, they we think, think it's, it's safer. safer. The perception that it's safer. Yeah. You know, but, and I think that's where the, like, how do you get past that? Like, if you were going to give someone a piece of advice there of like, hey, I'm struggling with possibly starting a business, especially since you're in that the world of the coaching of the dream maker and, you know, creating those dreams, you know, so if someone came to you as a client and said, you know, you're, they're working for whoever, you know, but yeah, you're training them on this, this philosophy, but they are talking about being a uh, their own business owner. So you would like explore with them, like what, what that impact would be. Yeah. I actually worked with a client who was struggling with this for a little while and he was in a very high position in the company and he was not very happy doing it. And, um, and it just started progressing, right? Like we were talking a lot about his leadership and, and he so for probably a good, like six months, it was really around, I want to make this work. I really love this company and let's, I want to figure these pieces out. And so we were kind of going through a lot of like the leadership development type pieces. And I think right now in the world, there's a lot of responsibility and there is a great opportunity for leaders to step up to the plate, to have more courage and to lead people in a different way, a more mm -hmm. effective way and a way that allows people to contribute and feel like they are part of an organization with a great culture, right? Like we've got to have great cultures and and we get to do great things together and they feel very satisfied at work and they are so excited to be part of that. And then on the other side, obviously some people, they do have this desire to go off and do something for themselves. And so uh, when I was coaching this particular person, uh, at some point we we started having the conversation again, like, I don't know, I now I don't know. I'm feeling like I'm conflicted. And so I we went through a lot of journaling, journaling exercises. A lot of my <laughs> clients do journaling. Even the men who in the beginning are like, I'm I not about journaling. journaling. <laughs> I have coached so many men who at the beginning, they're like, I'm not journaling. And then towards the end, they're like, I journaled. I'm like, did I give you a journaling prompt? And they're like, no, I just have been journaling every day now. And so it just warms my heart. Uh, but I would give him um, some journaling exercises to just kind of like, you know, think through his thoughts, like really right. get them out on paper. And so after doing that and kind of figuring out what would that look like, how much time would I need, like being very strategic on what it would be. Does, did he want to start a new business, a new business on his own? Did he want to purchase a business? Yes. And so right. we walked through all of the different scenarios, 
all of the different things. And so he uh, decided to, and they started networking and meeting different people that could introduce him to different businesses. And so he actually ended up uh, buying a business okay. and, and, and started on his own. And um, it, that was probably like two years ago. I just reached out to him the other day and he's like, life is amazing. I love it. I'm so happy I made this decision. And, and that's that. On the other hand, I had a similar situation with a guy and he ended up leaving and he went back to the company. Yeah. He went off on his own and and he decided that it just really wasn't what he thought it was going to be. Right. Which which happens too. And yeah. so so I think it's interesting that what we all should do is allow ourselves to explore. I think that we should not make mm -hmm. like rash decisions. I think we have to think through a lot of things. I know I've learned from my past in doing that in the business <laughs> partnerships that I've had. I think that there were times in my life where I've gotten a little bit uncomfortable. I don't like being uncomfortable because who does? Um <laughs> But I think it's important for us to get comfortable being uncomfortable and being in the messy middle of it all and just like allowing things to settle and just make decisions based on all of the things that we want to consider before right. we go after something, right? Like we're not making a decision to leave our job and go do something else when we are mad at our boss and things are not working right. out and we don't feel well and all these things are happening and our boyfriend just broke up with us and like we're like going through like all <laughs> that is not when we make a decision like that but if we really no. think through and give ourselves some time um then i feel like it, it gives us the best chance of doing the next thing in a the, in the most successful way possible and of course leaving with grace and yeah. never like burning a bridge and and obviously being able to to stay uh, friendly with whoever it is that you're working for. That you're working for. Yeah. Because you never know. Right. You just never know. Like, I feel so grateful that everyone that I've ever worked for in the past, like, we still have a great relationship. I still talk to them. Yep. Um, my my old boss at the Chamber of Commerce, like, I still, like, once a year we go to lunch and just kind of <laughs> chit-chat. And so, but he was, a, he was a big part of my life and he influenced me in a lot of different ways. And so... Uh, and my boss that I had working at the uh, the Downtown Development Authority, like I still, I did a whole video about her because I was like, she scared me. Like <laughs> One of the reasons that I decided to take that role is because I said, I when I met her, I thought she is a fierce. She is a fierce, courageous leader. And I want that. Like she walked into a room and people noticed. People were like all eyes on her. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to learn. I want to learn how to do that. <laughs> and I took the role and she had no idea that when I would go into her office for meetings, I was scared. I was like so scared. She goes, you were? I was like, are you joking? <laughs> yes. But she didn't know that until after I left. I left. So, so you really don't mind being in the messy part, huh? Well, <laughs> you yeah. You said you don't like it. I but don't like it. you push it, put yourself to be in it. Though. Yes. I guess that's true. Yes, I don't like it, but but we ha that's that's where we grow. That's where right. the fun stuff happens, right? Like, how boring would it be if if we didn't do that? If we didn't stretch ourselves, right? I think that's where that change, you know, being open to change. Yes, where you know the creativity that you're talking about in your book comes in, being open to change and being open to explore, like you just said, what those possibilities are. Yeah. And then figuring out what's best for you by weighing all the different options. And sometimes you make mistakes. Sometimes you walk down, like you said, the, uh, the client that walked down the path and tried his own business and was like, eh, this isn't for me. Yeah. And that's okay. You know? And you have to let go of ego in order to go back. Right. In order to do what's best for you at that time. Right. And that's where I think a lot of people get stuck. 
especially in their career. They think if I broke out and did this one thing, I can never go back or I can <laughs> never do, or I, yeah, I can never work for someone else again, or I can why? Right. Like, why? Like, who's saying that? I mean, if you don't want to do it, then great, then figure out the next step. But I just think that a lot of people make decisions based on ego and based on what other people are going to think instead yeah. of what really matters, which is so funny because no one's thinking about you. Like, <laughs> literally. Like, we care no one so really cares. much. <laughs> I mean, they don't. They don't. Like, nobody no. is thinking about you. We spend so much time making decisions based on what other people are going to think of us, and they are not. Right. They might think one thing like, oh, Allison, I don't like Allison's video. Moving on to my life. Like, they right. don't care. Then tomorrow they're like, whose video was it that I just yeah. watched I didn't like? They do <laughs> not care. Who you are, so. Yeah, and like, yet here we are not pursuing our creativity, not putting something out into the world because we're scared someone's not going to like it. We're scared someone's going to say something bad about it. Like, who cares? And by the way, anyone that says anything negative about anyone putting anything out into the world, it is about them and not you. It is about exactly. their insecurities. They are probably looking at people thinking, oh my gosh, they are pursuing their dreams and I don't have the courage to do the same. Right. So you're showing them. They're showing them that piece of themselves and they don't want to look at it. No. Don't want to deal with it. No. <laughs> no. Which is why they just, you know, comment online. Right. Go behind the words. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes so. anonymously. Yeah. <laughs> The stalker people. Right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Always one. Always someone out there online. Um, so as we start to wind down, I always ask one question of all my guests, and that is, if you were going to give one tip to someone who wants to start a business, or maybe that's newer in business, that you've kind of learned along the way that's helped accelerate whatever part of your career, what would that one tip be? Um... One, just one. <laughs> just one. Oh, goodness. I would say to be very clear with what problem are you solving? In in today's business world, I think it's so, well, I mean, this is not new, right? This is not anything that people haven't heard before, but because there's so, we have so much access and you can have right. so many different kinds of businesses and you can literally start a business tomorrow with almost no money, I think it's really important for people to remember, especially when they start, like what is the problem that you're solving? Like why would I want to hire you? And then kind of the caveat with that, because I'll sneak in too, sorry, um, is <laughs> it's always fun. Don't, let, don't let what you can't do interfere with what you can do. And don't be afraid to ask for the business immediately. So when people start a business, I think we get so caught up in, I need to have the perfect website and my business card and like all the things. When you can literally start a coaching business like Allison and decide, I'm going to call 10 of my friends, tell them I'm starting a coaching business, telling them that I'm going to charge this amount for this amount of time and I am looking for like a beta group and boom, who's in? And get your first five clients. It's like we hide behind the, the glamorous side the that we see in business, which is all of those things, right? And so I, I just had this happen to a friend of mine who actually did start a coaching company. After he sold his business, he sold two businesses. He is oh. very qualified to be a business coach yep. at this point in his life. And he... That's what he was doing. He's like, well, I can't do that yet, Kate, because I have to, I'm doing all my, I'm working on all my videos. I'm working on my website. I'm working on my, on my business cards and all the things. And I just kept telling him, call these, call, create a list of 20 people, 
call them all, tell them you're doing coaching. Some of them are gonna not even know that you're doing this and they are going to hire you because they probably wanted to hire you because they've seen what the success that you've had over your career. And all of a sudden one day he called me, he goes, okay, after all of this, he did for three months, working <laughs> on the videos, doing things and he goes, okay, I finally decided to do what you did, said in the first place, which is call all the people. They never looked at the videos, they never looked at my website and they hired me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, look, you had to go through your own process, yep. but you know, I think we have to remember. Welcome to <laughs> yeah, it's like, you, welcome to business. Yeah. It's, it's a process. But yeah, I think that's like, those are the two things that I think is like, what is the problem you're solving? And, and get after the business, ask for the sale. Like we have to validate what it is that we're trying to sell. I mean, look, you don't have a business if you can't sell. And uh, yep. it's kind of like the, the whole e-myth, right? It's like so many people want to get into business. Um, you love doing videos or if you love doing videos or if you love what it, I think the emits uh, example is just because you love baking pies does not mean you should open bakery. <laughs> and so we have to <laughs> recognize and realize like what is our skill set and, um, right. and and we've got to can't be afraid to sell. Yeah. But I think you what you said is so true is there's a lot of business owners and I deal with some of those that come even maybe they're not coaching clients. Maybe they're the website clients and they're like, I can't launch this website yet because it's not, you know, I got to tweak this language just a little more. Because like, it's not perfect. You know. Perfectionism. I just had that, the, the perfect client who she started her business and went out on her own and then she was referred to me and she's like, yeah, I figure I might as well legitimize it now by having like some kind of website and a business card and like I've been doing it for, you know, I think, you know, six months a year or whatever she's been doing it. She's like, I haven't, she had a logo that someone had designed probably on Canva and you could barely read it. And I was like, she's like, <laughs> and I was like, what's it? You know, I'm like zooming in on it. <laughs> I'm like, what's it say? So like we tweaked it because she liked the, you know, the general look of it. But I was like, can we like just make the letter, you know, but she's like, yeah, we need to make the letters clearer and everything. But I mean, we just like launched the website, did the business card, did the brochure. She's approved all of it. And now she's you know, can keep moving. <laughs> oh my God. It's like funny. It's like on opposite ends of the spectrum. Some people like wait and wait and wait. Right. And some people are just like done. Here we go. Right. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it just depends on the person and yeah. personality. But um, but if anyone wanted to get in touch with you or get a copy of your book, what's the best way to do that? Oh, well, you can find, um, you can learn a little bit more about the Dream Manager and everything we do at Floyd Coaching at floydcoaching.com. And katevolman.com has the book and all the all the other things that I do on the creative side. So either way. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much for joining me today, Thanks, Kate. Allison. It's been fun. This was fun. Yeah. And thank you everyone for joining us on the Dream Plan Stark Rose Show. My name again is Allison Turner. If you have any questions for me, you can go to my website, dreamplanstarkrow.com. I do offer a complimentary consultation and I do love working with new business owners or someone that wants to start a business. And check out the YouTube channel, Dream Plan Stark Grow as well. Thank you and have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to the Dream Plan Stark Grow podcast with Allison Turner. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Join our community by joining the Dream Plan Start Grow Facebook group, or for more resources, go to my website, theallisonturner.com.